gentlemen, welcome to the uh, MX Vice SMX Review Show. Uh, this is the uh, first episode of that, and uh, yeah, we welcome obviously my regular co-host here, Bradley Weeder. Hello, Brad. Hello, Ram. Nice to meet you. Apparently, my mic's really muffled this week, and I don't know why. No, that's we'll, okay. We will, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll sort out if we can hear you. Yeah, that, that, that'll be fine. Uh, and also welcoming uh, all the way across from the USA, Mr. Darian Sinai. Welcome, sir. Hey, thank you. Yeah, glad to be here. Nice one. I guess we should have checked before I went online if I got the pronunciation right, but was that okay? Yeah, Sinai. Yeah, pretty close. That's cool. I, I, never, I was never quite <laughs> sure when you were racing. So. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, great stuff. How's it going over there, Darren? Anyway, what, what, uh, just to start with yourself, how does it, how's it all? Uh, oh, actually, before we do that, I'll um, I'll do the uh, uh, the sponsorship bit. Okay, so as you can see, we've got some names on the uh, side of the screen there. MX Vice, obviously, this uh, podcast is fueled by Gulf Race Fuels, uh, who supply not just a good line in hats, but also, um, yeah, fantastic uh, performance race fuels as you know um as3 performance as well and uh yeah they basically are the home of aftermarket motocross and enduro parts including skid plates and radiator braces to performance cooling parts including silicon radiator hoses and oversized impeller kits as3 also have a huge range of brake clutch and gear levers all with different features and adjustability check them out online at www.as3.performance.co.uk and also for all your motocross needs please go to evenstrokes.com uh, they directly support mx vice so yeah well, yeah please urge you if you're going to buy some stuff uh, go and see them and if you go online i think we even got some sort of code for you to uh, assist in your purchase so yeah so uh, yeah darren as i was saying what uh, what's the life like for you in 2023 yeah yeah we're here over in uh in california usa i moved back here after the gps uh at the end of 2019 um so i've been living here in california since then now uh this year i'm not racing professionally but i'm still riding for fun uh just hanging out and i went to the supercrosses last weekend so it was a good time nice one so you were at uh, san diego itself then yeah, yeah, went to San Diego. So I'm about about 45 minutes drive from my house to San Diego. That's about as close as it gets for you guys, isn't it? Yeah, pretty much. This one, Anaheim. I went to the first one as well. Uh, they're both within like an hour drive, so yeah, it's nice. Good stuff. So, are you you riding and racing now, or um, are you uh, what, what's your uh, sort of main role and no, what's your life like? I uh, I did Canada. Um, in 2021 and then 22 and 23 uh just riding for fun mainly i uh i did a world two stroke uh at glen helen on a, a 125 two stroke wow. and then i did the 125 dream race at washougal and that was pretty fun i uh i ended up winning the 125 dream race and you know i was battling with uh, carson brown and stuff and so it was a good time and now I'm just just pretty much riding for fun, doing some social media stuff. Still riding, but um, I'm not competing at the moment. Don't really have the the passion for it at the moment to to go out and race. My my favorite thing about racing is finishing well, and I, that's pretty hard to do at the moment. So <laughs> so we're just having fun. Yeah. Good stuff. I mean, um, I think I, I remember actually um, going to a British Championship round in Cullum. I think it was 2018. Um, and and okay. you were definitely there in practice, but something happened to you, didn't it, at that, at that event? Was it the opening yeah, round of 2018? Yeah. And you crashed in mm-hmm. the cane down the, the one I don't. Yeah, that's the one I don't I don't like talking about. Okay. Because I, I, I'd done the first couple GPs. Uh, I was doing well. You know, I was feeling that was my best year so far. I went and raced that one in the first lap. A rider uh, at the bottom, he hit my front tire. 
And when he hit my front tire, I put my foot down. When I did, it twisted my leg up and tore the ACL. So that one, that one took me out of the season for 2018, and and that was definitely my my most prepared year that I was coming into. And I was I was feeling confident that year for sure. But got injured, and then uh, went and got the ACL fixed up, and um, and then came into 2019 GPS MX2 class again. Yeah. Okay. Oh, sorry to bring back bad memories. Then, <laughs> just uh, <laughs> no, you're good. You're good. Oh, I seem to do that with a lot of riders. So you're not. You're not on your own. <laughs> yeah. So it happened. So it's history. Yeah, absolutely. Bradley, would you have raced against Diane or uh, raced at the same sort of time? Uh, I was. Well, I was at Cullum. I was racing at Cullum that weekend, but I was in the the two-stroke class. Um, um, yeah. Apart from that, I don't think I'd have raced against him anywhere. Probably at a couple of GP, same GPs, or he'd have been MX2. I was in the EMX 300, but yeah, mm-hmm. I don't think we'd have raced against against each other. But uh, yeah, I'm sure our paths yeah. have crossed. Yeah, your name seems familiar. Yeah, I was in. I did a couple of MX2 races, but yeah, it was probably that was before you. That was when Zach was over here. So, mm-hmm. what was your yeah. number when you were racing? Uh, Fifteen. 15 okay yeah yeah big one five yeah uh, nice yeah we're still out there plodding along <laughs> nice <laughs> what you're what are you racing now uh, i've got 450 kawasaki so okay cool yeah just sort of like local national stuff nothing nothing too taxing we've got we got a newborn what well, a newish born she's one one sunday and then we got twins on the way so uh, oh nice congrats <laughs> Yeah, thank you. Nice. Yeah, <laughs> things are changing. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> Good stuff. So we're here to sort Supercross then. So, Diane, what was the atmosphere like at uh, at San Diego? It's it, I, I know it was only two weeks after a one, but because of that break with Oakland being cancelled or postponed, I should say, um, it felt like forever. Those two weeks. So, uh, yeah, what was it like at San Diego? Was yeah, like restarting again. How did? What was the feeling like? Yeah, so I went to A1 as well, and uh, there's definitely a lot of hype. You know, there always is A1, the first Supercross. There's always a lot of hype around it. You know, the riders seem to be a little bit more nervous, a little bit more on edge. Everybody's trying to get out front and practice. Uh, San Diego, it definitely seemed a little bit more mellow. Um, But then you also had, it was a completely new stadium that nobody had been to before, none of the Supercross. Um, And so it seemed a little bit more mellow, but still there was some excitement for sure around around it yeah because san diego's obviously lost the uh, nfl team the chargers isn't it? they've gone they've gone to la yeah so is it they have yeah. they, they downscale the, the stadium is that right uh i'm not i'm not too sure to be honest um it was an open stadium pretty open the pits you know were a little bit further from from the stadium than i think the other uh petco park that it was before um but it seemed good it seemed like everybody was enjoying it I think it's brought up like a pretty much brand new stadium, isn't it? Snapdragon Stadium. It's, isn't it built kind of where Qual, is it Qualcomm used to be? Near enough in the same. Yeah, I think so. Somebody was telling me that they they weren't part of the sport, but they were telling me about it. I was like, oh, okay, mm. cool. Because I don't really follow any other sports. You know, they were saying about the Chargers and that. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't watch any other sports, so I really have no clue. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to hide my New York Giants. Uh, 
uh, football here behind me because I'm a big Giants fan and they got absolutely destroyed. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. But we made the playoffs. So they weren't too bad this year. But, uh, yeah, compared to previous years. But, uh, yeah, we got destroyed by the Eagles, which is just the worst. I mean, for for uh, for British people, that's like Arsenal losing to Spurs. It's uh, just, uh, yeah, just the hatred team that, uh, that Giants fans uh, go for. But yeah. Anyway, talking Supercross again, we're veering off. Um, so, yeah. With, uh, so if we go through to the, the 250s first, obviously gotta say jet lawrence is looking almost like he might sweep the whole season um what, what's he like to watch live darian i mean uh can you see that where he's making up the time yeah for sure um you know jet he uh every year's progressed and stuff and just his technique on the bike is like pretty flawless you know i mean I'm, i've never been at that level when i was racing or anything but just watching him he just doesn't really make many mistakes you know and he looks really comfortable he still does sometimes but because of his technique being so good it looks like he he can he can save those mistakes really quickly um and he looks like he's still got more in the tank honestly like he's he's comfortable and it looks like he's he's riding about 90 percent and if he needs to turn it up, he will, but he hasn't needed to yet because he's gotten good starts and just run up front. Yeah, he's, yeah. he's, he's just made it like so easy for himself. Just like, well, I think he's led every lap so far this year. Just it seems like any any sort of mistakes he has, he gets out of the way during the day in practice. And then when even like the, the, the heat race at Anaheim, he, messed the start up but fixed the problem for the main event and this seems like every time we come to the main event he's any little problems he's got out of his system and it's just smooth sailing i think like mcadoo yeah sort of it they sort of stayed sort of within two seconds of him for probably half the race and then i think they they kind of caught a few lappers and he gained a little bit and then it just seemed like jet just knocked it up another gear and then just slowly inched away and then it, that was it game over yeah yeah he's uh he's definitely you know really good and like like you said by the main event he's kind of worked out those kinks and stuff and it's it's a bummer that that Fortner crashed you know in the first main event at a1 because he was looking good i mean his heat race at a1 wasn't good he had some mistakes i think he crashed um but i think he would have been right there in the mix too i think he could have you know potentially challenged uh jet and then you know you still got McAdoo and you got Hampshire and Hampshire he his starts aren't quite as good so I think that you know unless Jet were to make a mistake it's looking like they're not going to be able to beat him but you never know if McAdoo's feeling it like he's still solid and he's still right there if he's feeling it that night then he might be able to you know challenge Jet a little bit more and, and same with Hampshire yeah certainly yeah. tough kid McAdoo I mean um, I'll never forget that crash from last year when he went like <laughs> I mean the memes with that were incredible i mean I just, there's, no way, there's no way he should have been back on that bike for the restart but yeah how, how he... on that tunnel jump where he like endoed yeah. right before it smacked it, it on the bars yeah, took him over and threw him just off above the jump one of those that, yeah so yeah uh, he's he's one of my good friends you know because we used to live uh live together at club mx so we're good buddies and stuff and when i saw that crash like i was watching on tv and i was scared oh, like i thought he yeah. got actually like really hurt and and just the fact that he he got hurt but he didn't get that hurt and he still came back and raced like the amount of fans he got from that from that yeah, situation yeah. was crazy yeah yeah I, I was one of them you know i never really paid that awful lot of attention to him and then that that race because he i mean it, that wasn't his first actually that he'd had a few that night and uh 
yeah, that's pretty yeah. pretty intense. But uh, yeah, so he's it's good to see him up there at least. You know, he is definitely strong podium. And I mean, if if there if Jet does have a problem, then I think he will be right up there and one of the likely ones to maybe nick a win if there is a problem for Jet. Um, but uh, yeah, mm-hmm. and but obviously Hampshire had a good uh, good race as well, ending up in uh, second place. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I think um, I think so, him, Cameron, and RJ kind of two of the same people really like you can't deny they've got they've got heart cameron's putting himself in a bit yeah. of a better positions off the start rg's really making it hard work for himself um mm-hmm. he had the fastest he actually had the fastest lap in the main event and rj did okay. but, um yeah but it's it's no good when you're starting 10th and jets out front that's got a modern day mike the rocker yeah. Is he? yeah literally yeah <laughs> but um, I th- yeah, I think if RJ can get a star, I'm, I'm well, I'm not gonna say he can beat Jet, but it's, he, I think he's gonna be one that can put him under some pressure, just like on the raw, raw pace side of things, and like obviously triple crowns, Jet's kind of been a bit, bit up and down in the triple crowns, making a few mistakes and that, but so mm. next week could, we could see it next week maybe. Yeah, and you think um, anybody's yeah, got, yeah. got, got to think about having a chance to, to, to beat Jet, he's going to have to ruffle him up, isn't he? He's going to have to sort of make him, yeah, make him uncomfortable, isn't he? Trying to put a, a move on him and trying to mess with his rhythm, do something like that. And I think Hampshire is the prime candidate for that. Yeah. 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 yeah, you can have... got hurt. yeah I think to beat Jet, yeah, they're going to have to like get under his skin, like. Through, through a couple elbows in the corners, really sort of like run it in deep, like sort of because he's so good. At, like his roll speed is just yeah. immense. Like that's where he's making his time up, just through the corners, just just roll. His roll speed's amazing compared to everyone else's. And I think if if you can make him have to cut down early or sort of go towards the inside and roll to the outside, so he can't carry that speed so much. That's that's when you're going to get him sort of right on the ropes, but still, he's he just seems to learn yeah. so quickly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's going to be yeah. very, very tough to beat. Uh, now, last week we mm-hmm. did feature on uh, MX Vice uh, a um, an interview with Enzo Lopes, and um, for, for the next two three hours afterwards, my phone kept beeping up with the Brazilian flags and fire emojis. <laughs> uh, <Yeah>. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> dude's fast. He's good. He's uh yeah I think yeah Enzo Enzo is definitely good yeah he's, he's getting better getting better every single every single week it looks like he's getting a bit better and every year he's getting better too because now I mean he's been he's been racing Supercross for a good bit you know he was on the uh, JGR Suzuki I think it was before for a few years yeah and then you know now he's on the club max he's been on that for a couple years and stuff and the guys you know at club max they're putting in they're putting in the work. You know, I yeah. used to live over at Club Mex, and it was a it was a full time deal. And I went actually yeah. over and talked to to Brandon Hawes, the owner, and uh, Phil Nicoletti and Enzo a little bit this um this uh, last weekend. And yeah, I mean, I watched now they got their YouTube channel on TV and stuff, and so I watched that sometimes. And they're definitely putting in the work. And and Enzo, I mean, he he's definitely turning some heads for sure. People are are catching his eye because he's. He's probably the fastest guy, you know, that doesn't have a factory ride, and and he's beaten a lot of the guys that do have factory rides too, you know. Yeah, you, like, I think on all the all the forums on Facebook, it's like 
needs to be on a star bike, needs to be on a star bike. But I mean, they, the Club MX bike seems to be ripping out the gates. Like, I don't think the yeah, bike's Yeah, they got that twisted, twisted engine. No, they're definitely doing. I saw also like Jeremy Martin and stuff. They're doing starts in the in the twisted uh, engine. Uh, Jamie, you know, he's flying over. I think the Club MX and they're testing. They're doing starts. They're checking out everything. So, I think twisted for the most part is probably the best like privateer engine that you could buy. You know, and they got yeah. the Yamaha tuned up pretty good. So I don't think that it's lacking much from the star. I mean, I'm sure there's probably still, you know, certain bits and stuff from, from Yamaha that star is able to get that the club next team isn't. But I mean, you saw what their starts that that main event, um, you know, was second and third were both the club Mex guys. Yeah. And then also Enzo, he got the whole shot in that heat too. Yeah. Oh yeah. I don't think there's anything, there's nothing wrong with those bikes. Absolutely not. I think Phil, he, Oh, he wasn't doing hardly any of the rhythms <laughs> but uh, I think if he, if he started doing some triples and things he, he would have kept like Oldenburg and Styles behind him um, but yeah it's uh, I don't, I don't I think a lot of the bikes inside that top top 10 they're all they're all pretty even obviously go back a few years the Star Yamaha was clearly the best bike but I think uh, mm-hmm. now nowadays they've it's kind of evened that a little bit i think but well yeah and especially yeah. in supercross i think especially on 250 supercross you're able to you know as long as your bike has torque and you're able to have you know that bottom end power i think you're able to get a bit um you know closer than it w- might not show as much compared to the the outdoors when you're on outdoors a little bit of a softer soil on those starts and stuff the bike really pulls but on supercross i mean you're pretty much in second and third gear unless you're going through the whoops most of the time yeah kind of, it kind of seems like if you can get a relatively decent jump and stay straight when you go over the gate and just hook that third gear it kind of usually somewhere handy like last not last week the week before anderson got an absolutely mega jump but mm. balls that the shift and was off balance and came around the first turn near enough last oh Whereas, really yeah i think like getting that third getting that shift into third gears like before everyone else just seems to give you that handlebars yeah. width that you need for sure. I haven't, you know, raced 450 professionally and stuff, but that's definitely one of my, one of my big things on, on the 250 class, whether it was MX2 or, you know, doing Supercross. I actually got whole shot in, when I did the Salt Lake City Supercross, I got whole shot at the main event one time. So that was cool, you know, and I was on a, a private tier bike. Um, but at Salt Lake City, it was uh, higher elevation. So I was mm. actually, I ran a first gear start on that one. That was the first time I did yeah. a first gear start. Wow. But I just grabbed my shifts really quickly. I almost shift like I'm on a, a, six, a little 65. <laughs> and so I'm like yanking up, shifting really hard. Yeah. But uh, it's just because I don't want it to accidentally not grab the shift. Yeah. So I do it very yeah. aggressively. So it, it yanks it and then push the, push the heels into the ground get that drive in that back wheel and, and get the whole shot. But 250, it's definitely important. Get a super good jump and then grab that shift quickly. Yeah. I think, um, obviously, Styles sort of uh, started quite far out. I think it was Styles where it might have been a kitchen and just sort of cut across <laughs> a bit. A yeah. Bit of a, a bit too soon. And, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, just ended up being absolute 
mayhem in the first turn. Yeah, uh, do we got that video? I think we might have that uh, footage, I think, if uh, our uh, producer man might be able to throw that up. He got straight to it. He knew who the main contenders were at the drop of the gate. Look out for number 18. Look at that start, but carnage. Levi Kitchen, number 43. He goes down, hits hard. He won't finish the race. <laughs> And this Big guy's elbow. just going everywhere, but man, yeah. the number 18 of Jet Lawrence <laughs> make. Yeah, so yeah. Kitchen, he's actually uh, from Washington, where I'm from. That was where I was born, Washington State. Uh, he's from there, and, you know, he's been looking really good in practice and everything. Um, and then he was also looking super good in practice at San Diego. And I called him – I called it that he was going to get a podium at San Diego Supercross that night. But he got taken out on the start, so he wasn't even able to race it, which sucked. Um I think it was Styles Robertson, his teammate, yeah. who actually cut across and it took out his front wheel. I saw on uh, on social media, I think it was on Instagram, somebody commented uh, to Styles Robertson, "Nice job taking out your teammate" or something like that. Like, why would you do that? And Styles commented back to him, "He's like, yep, definitely meant to. <laughs> He's like, I meant to take out my teammate. It's like, obviously, yeah. he didn't mean to take him out, but it's just. I mean, the that way was." That was an optimistic run into the first turn from Styles. I think. I don't know if he looked across or if he even bothered looking across or just hooked a hard left. Yeah, thought, yeah, for sure. For <laughs> but uh, yeah, you can, you can kind of see in that video that Jet doesn't really get an amazing jump, but he's just driving the whole way at the start. Like he's like perfectly centered on the bike, and the the bike is just dead straight, and he just. <laughs> Yeah, he just does everything right. He's got yeah. good machinery though as well. That Honda is a damn good bike this year, isn't it? Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, it always it always looks like a good bike when the person on it is winning. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh, what yeah, was nice no, to see. It... Sorry, go on. Yeah, I was saying. Yeah, that bike definitely is fast, and you know, Jet. He just, it looks like it's practice day for him, you know. He's done the repetition so many times when he goes off the start. Most of the time he's doing it pretty much the exact same. He's just trying to execute. And then when he's out there in the race, it looks like that too. I mean, I'm I'm not sure exactly what his program is with him and his brother riding, but I'm sure that they're doing motos. And in, in his head, I'm sure it's probably feeling like when he gets that whole shot, that's a, a moto with his brother just at the practice track, you know. So we'll see. It's still early on in the season. Um, I think that I would like to see others challenge him a little bit more because it'll make it exciting because so far it's been, you know, pretty much same situation as far as the main events have gone with Jet getting first and then, and then Hampshire passing McAdoo later in the race and, and then McAdoo getting third. Mm. So I think there's going to be a little bit more exciting stuff coming up, um, but they're going to have to, they're going to have to figure out how to, how to challenge Jet in the main event. Yeah, absolutely. One uh, thing to note as well, I was uh, very happy to see Pierce Brown bounce back from the awful uh, start that he, that he had to the season in A1 and to come back and finish top five. That was a nice finish for him on the gas gas. Yeah, i seen he uh, he was injured uh, or wasn't injured, but I don't I don't think he's feeling 100%. He said that he wasn't feeling 100%, but he was still better. So, I mean, he's been good. I, I remember seeing him when I was racing Salt Lake City Supercross. He was good, and I think he... I think he got podiums or he got a podium um, and he's fast. I think he can run it and potentially be a podium guy as well. It's actually funny. Uh, one of my renters. So I have some rental properties here. Um, one of my renters is his, his race mechanic. So oh, when cool. he crashed, I was like, Oh no, he's not going to be happy uh, when he crashed today one. But 
the yeah. electricity bill is going to pump up then for him, isn't it? Going to give Brendan yeah, the bike. trying to fix okay. the bike. Oh, <laughs> 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 uh, good stuff. <laughs> um, on uh, uh, just to finish off on uh, on two fifties, there obviously um, uh, on a British note, uh, being a British website, we've got there. Um, Dylan Walsh made his way through to eleventh uh, again, so that's uh, consistent for him. Um, same same finish as he had in a one, although uh, reading from social media, he was a little bit disappointed with that. And mm. Dylan Woodcock made the final, which was nice. Made made the uh, the main event, which was nice. So um, uh, he missed <laughs> yeah. out. Uh, any, but uh, yeah, good to see those two lads getting up there. The two Dylans. Yeah, yeah the LCQ sure. was, was a good LCQ for those who watched <laughs> it. It was, uh, it was all going on. I think uh, it seemed like Vries was dropping back, and then all of a sudden, like turned into Ken Roxon or something, and started started passing everyone and going towards the front but yeah yeah still a good ride for Dylan to get into the get into the main event like sort of yeah like at the start of the year usually um I think last year it was after a couple of rounds when a few people went out but uh yeah good ride yeah yeah I've seen uh both of them at a1 I talked to uh to Walsh and Woodcock a little bit at a1 um and yeah, for for Walsh, I mean that's really good where he's he's at. He's definitely more consistent now. It seems like he he's pretty comfortable getting into that main event. And then yeah. he rides a solid race. You know, he'll get a fairly good start most of the time. I didn't see his start in San Diego actually, but you know he gets pretty good starts and he's pretty solid. Like you can tell when he's riding, he's not really that worried about the guys behind him, no. um, which is good. So I think that that little bit of extra speed is probably going to come, and I'm sure he wants to get top tens, and he's really close to it. So I, I'm I'm sure you know this year he's probably going to get inside the top tens, and then Woodcock if he can just you know try to get his starts down a little bit better in that heat and try to get because the LCQ it's always like stressful and it's hard yeah. to have a good main event because if you don't get straight to the to the main event from the heat then you go to the LCQ and when you're running that then you're wasting energy you know you're wasting a lot of energy and you're nervous and then if you get to the main then you have a bad start bad gate pick so it's just a little bit tough to like do better but if he can get more confident and try to get in straight to the heat he'll be good yeah dylan walsh definitely puts himself in good spots he does get really good starts and uh yeah like you said he doesn't he's not worried if someone comes past him he just sort of rides his own race does his own rhythms doesn't if someone goes someone goes by him he doesn't try and dive bomb him down the inside and get him back he's a sort of settles in finds his pace and sort of sticks with it and i think that's that's kind of where he is at the moment is sort of that's kind of the best thing for him to do rather than get all excited try and try and clean out like stars robertson or something when he's coming yeah. through the pack for a and then just end up pumping up and going back to 15 he's 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 mm-hmm. clearly knows clearly knows what he's doing and uh yeah yeah i think like you said i think um in a couple of rounds time he's going to be sort of in that 8th, 9th, 10th battling with those boys yeah yeah, he's, yeah. He's not, I mean uh, that's just <laughs> go for it Ben so he's not had to go through it to the LCQ yet has done a motion uh, yeah hopefully he'll be keeping that going yeah that's definitely uh, definitely important to not have to go to the LCQ and yeah I think for him you know right now especially because it's you know he's still pretty new in Supercross it's kind of like where I was at when I was racing uh, you know you're just every lap you're just trying to keep your line you know keep consistent keep hitting all the jumps not mess up and stuff and the more i think he gets comfortable you see it with so many riders you know 
every year, you know, they start stacking on more experience and more confidence. And then so that, you know, 12th, 12th and 11th will start becoming, you know, 8th and 9th. And then next year, maybe there'll be 7th through 9th. And then, you know, just slowly kind of notching up like that. Yeah. Yeah, I think, yeah, like you said, once you sort of, once it gets comfortable in that 10th, 11th, 12th, then if someone, if he's in 13th and someone tries to go by him, he'll go back at him. And then, yeah, I guess you slowly work your way up to as far as you can get obviously like if if someone tries to get past McAdoo and he's in fifth he's going to go straight back try and go straight back by him and it yeah it's kind of kind of the same the whole way through the pack yeah knowing your competition for sure is important you know whether you're in gps or anywhere if you don't know anybody you're like oh i don't know if this guy's fast (laughs) maybe give him a little extra room but then if you see it's a guy you're better than or you've done well done better than them well uh, you know multiple races you're like all right no buddy like you're not passing me right now i'm gonna i'm gonna block yeah you no i'm gonna yeah yeah this is not happening but uh yeah, yeah. jets world we're just living in it <laughs> yeah <laughs> okay so uh yeah looking through then to the 450 class so again another sort of powder keg of a night with uh yeah a major controversy in the heats although um it's, it's to be expected these days now um and um mm-hmm. obviously looked like incredible speed for markham stewart as well uh sadly not paying off in the main so let's hit the, the elephant in the room barsha anderson what your guys take on it as uh more recent racers than me <laughs> Yeah, you can go first if you want, Brad. I've not got a problem with it. I, I don't have an issue with the way Barsha races. Some of his, some of his moves are in the grey area, perhaps, but I don't think I've ever, I've ever seen a move and thought, well, that was, that was just plain dirty. Maybe his move on Mookie at the end of last year, but that's the only one that comes to mind. Apart from that, he just, he just wants, he just wants the spot, and he, he's aggressive and he'll take it. And I think uh, it's it's nice to see that passion from someone when you've got someone like Roxon. It's, it's tough to be a Roxon fan at the moment. He just <laughs> doesn't seem to have the want or the fight. He's just happy just to sit behind. And if anyone revs the bike, he's just, go on, <laughs> go by. Yeah. I don't want anything to do with it. <laughs> Yeah, my take on uh, on Barsha and, and uh, Anderson, I mean, it's kind of like, you know, I think Anderson, he threw up a tweet and then he deleted it, yeah. you know, not too long after saying, no, you're going to cry to me. Basically, if you're going to dish it, uh, you got to be able to take it, which yeah. is true. You know, I mean, yeah. if you're if you're out there and you're making super aggressive passes, you got to be able to, to take it as well and, and not complain about it, which I don't know if he did, which is kind of weird. I mean, in the mm. press conference, it looked like Barsha... He said, you know, I didn't say a single thing to the guy and he's just, you know, coming yeah. over, swearing at me and doing all that stuff, which does seem a little bit sus. Seems a little, little suspicious for sure that Barsha wouldn't say anything. I, cause he seems like the person who's going to vocalize when, when somebody does uh, do something to him. Um, but he says he didn't say anything. And then Anderson was just going and, and, and saying stuff too. But I seen, uh, Anderson, he's got a little bit of a temper. He kind of always has when yeah. he's riding. In practice, he he loves to rev at people and he loves to to make them get out of his way. Um, I don't know if he's just doing that because he's just in the zone and that's what he's doing, or if he's if he's actually angry or not. I'm not sure. <laughs> but they're both two of the the most aggressive guys um, yeah. in the 450 class. 
So when they get together, somebody's probably going to bump into somebody. And uh, this time it looked like uh, Barsha got taken out, but it wasn't that. I mean, it was a little bit dirty, but it wasn't like, oh, you can injure somebody in this kind of pass. Mm-hmm. Like, he went into the front of him and yeah. clipped his front wheel, yeah. and he ended up tipping over. So, for yeah. me, I mean, that's that's fair on the final lap kind of situation. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Like, it, it is the gate position, isn't it, at that point as well? Yeah, and he went, Anderson mm-hmm. went, to the, went to the end of the corner and clipped Justin's front wheel, and he went down. Like, I think if you go in and make try and make a pass and you both go down then the, the pass wasn't really there and if you're yeah. one of the people that rides aggressive and is not afraid to sort of bash into people and move people out of the way you can't then moan about it when someone does it to you but yeah as exactly. long as you, as, as long as you're not moaning about it when you're doing it and as long as you both don't go down I haven't got a problem with it I think it makes for yeah it makes for good racing I'm, for sure I'm... for me for racing it's sorry yeah for me for racing is just like if if you take out somebody and you crash too then that was bad that was just a bad mm-hmm. pass you didn't you didn't do it properly you didn't execute it properly so if you're gonna end up crashing then you just didn't didn't do it right and then also cross jumping you know there's no need for that oh, yeah. cross jumping yeah and you know getting sketchy those are my two things if if you're cross jumping, that's not needed. That's sketchy. It could be dangerous. And then also, if you take somebody out and you also crash, then you just didn't do it right. Yeah, yeah. There, there was a lot of that at Arena Cross. I can tell you. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, if you both go, Arena Cross is a different story. <laughs> yeah, that's part of the parcel. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I mean, um, and then of course, uh, yeah, and partway through. Uh, the, the main event, Barsha then does the same move on Sexton. Um, and there's, yeah. there's people, I mean, I, I saw one comment on uh, social media that was like, he, he, he spoils, that Barsha spoils races. And i got to be honest with you, my first reaction to seeing that when he took Sexton out, was, you know, Barsha, you know, just like, just, 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 just <laughs> it's always got to do it. I mean, I, I just think it, it does spoil a race. Uh, and what I I think, and this this might not be a very fashionable thing. It might just be that I'm 45 years old, and I just uh, you know I'm not I'm just a uh, a bit old fashioned. But I think if you continually let riders get away with it, then you are eventually going to get a move that's a bit out of hand. And also, you got to mm-hmm. think there's kids and there's guys on the street who see these crashes, see them get away with it, and then go and take somebody out and break their wrists or arms or shoulders at local events. So I, I'm one of those that's just like, there really should not be that sort of constantly oh, getting God. away with it. You know? Yeah. I was the Supercross in the 80s. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it is I watched a lot of it. Yeah, I mean, Matasevich and Brad each other into the stands. I said the same thing then. <laughs> Yeah, it's part of racing, you know, Rubin's racing, like they say, but there is a point. Yeah. And like in that situation, it's like, you know, we want to see we want to see a really good race and we want to see who's going to win. And we know that Sexton might have a little bit more speed and that he's, you know, 
one of the up and comers. So we want to see him challenging, you know, Tomac or seeing if he can come up and, yeah. and you know, try to get a win. Uh, so that's why I think that it's more frustrating uh, for us because sometimes it seems like, oh, like Barsha's messing with that. But then at the same time, it's like it's Barsha's paycheck um, yeah. too. And he's trying to get it's the best. Of- you know, he ended up getting a podium. So, yeah. so I think that there's a fine line, but yeah, that definitely is aggravating. And when somebody consistently makes moves that are like, okay, you know, this is, this is uh, irritating. I think, you know, Ferrandis got mad and outdoors about it and yeah. stuff. And, and I understand both point of views, but it is the way it is. And, you know, if, you if the, if it's not dirty enough for the Federation to, to do something about it, then you're going to have to figure it out yourself, you know? Yeah. And do you but think nobody... that uh, do you think Barsha's reputation is also responsible for Roxon being very gun shy? <laughs> so effectively, his, his his reputation has earned Barsha's reputation has earned him a podium there. Mm. Um, um, I think. Yeah, I mean, I mean, Kenny's for... <laughs> I think Kenny's a bit soft these days. He, you could clearly see, he wanted absolutely nothing to do with him. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, that if that was. If that was someone like Cincerillo, would it be a bit different? Maybe, but yeah, I think Justin is—he has obviously built himself a reputation. Is he will run it back in on you as soon as he gets a chance. But if if you're that much faster, then go rang me and yeah. use your racecraft, guard the inside, so I can't get back down the inside. And but like, yeah, yeah. I'm not sure if this is the, the sexton crash here. We've got our producer man on the case. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Everything getting up. Yeah, it's like when you race bars, you've got to you've got to use your head. Like just be aware <laughs> that mm-hmm. you could have a gas gas. I think, I think you've got to use your elbows, haven't you? You, you, well, you got right, I mean, if, if it's me, you got to, you got to take him out first. Well, yeah, if you well, yeah, pass him clean because he, if you pass him clean, he'll come straight for you. We've seen it he, time and again. But he's yeah. not. If you go, if you go into him taken down, he's not then. He's not one of them that's going to wait for you to come round and clean you back out. He, 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 he just. I don't yeah. know. He loves that sort of racing. He said yeah. it time and time again. Like even when he comes off worse, he's like, "Yeah, that was great. Love it." Like. <laughs> just love that they just mm-hmm. love smashing bars with people I, I would hate to race against them. yeah i mean oh yeah so would i <laughs> that's part of his racing and that too but uh you know with roxon he made the move he already passed him he should have just there was a lapper kind of in the way so i feel mm. like you know and i'm saying this i don't i don't have as much skill as those guys <laughs> do obviously but, but i'm just saying it, it's a lot easier to say it from the outside looking in those whoops harder shut the door went over the yeah. finish line in that next corner if he needed to really charged it like charge yeah. it super hard not gave barsha that that room to try to make the move and then after that i think barsha would have accepted it probably yeah, yeah. unless yeah. unless roxon wasn't going faster than him then he would have made a move back but yeah like you said roxon he's just being a bit content at the moment and not really sending it whether that's he doesn't want to get hurt again or whether he wants to be in it for the whole season um, and he wants to have a solid season. Who knows, really? And some people think it's a good move. Uh, some people think it's a bad move. But you know, if it would have been Webb, I'm pretty sure Webb would have gotten would have yeah. gotten Barsha in that same position, oh. and he he would have made it happen, made it stick. So for Roxon, 
to the night really doesn't get it. Oh, here we go. Unfortunately, that's two main events oh. in a row where it's gone down. Chase Sexton went down with an altercation with Barger. That was where I shouted at the screen. <laughs> really doesn't get any better. It's like, yeah, wow. Yeah. Malcolm has gone down. Chase Sexton. I mean, there's nothing Chase could have done there. Uh, it was a bit, yeah. you know, it's just, it's just the way that it went down a bit dirty. But. Uh, like you know, clearly, I don't know, around like ninth, tenth. You you got to expect someone to run it in on the on the first lap if you leave the door open. It's, yeah, there's yeah. half a gap um, there. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think. Yeah. Uh, yeah, like you said, Roxon, he he knows what Justin's like. He's also probably yeah wants to wants to see the seventeen rounds. Um, I think you have two scary wrists. Yeah, I think. <laughs> He, yeah, he was just being cautious. He kind of looks a bit stiff at the moment mm -hmm. on the Suzuki. Um, yeah, he's on the Suzuki, and and you know, I mean, it seems like it was the best best program that he could get for you yeah. know circumstances this year and stuff. But nobody really knows, you know, how that how that bike is and and where he's at on it. I think you know, yeah, he is a little bit stiff, and he hasn't really shown his true colors. Hopefully, he does. Um, but then you know, you have like last year. I mean, he came out and he won the opener, right? Uh, last season and he was running really good and then the, kind of the rest of the season he wasn't the same rider so maybe this time yeah. he's a little bit cautious and then he he taps into that where you know he actually performs because i mean he's really good obviously you know he has the skill and stuff it just looks like yeah that little extra bit he's not he's not doing it yeah yeah and just to get back to what you said about um barsha i think if uh if you make the pass he he'll go and he'll try and go straight back past you, but if you sort of block that, then he'll he'll settle down and get back in into the race. But like <clears throat> I've always I was always taught that if someone goes by you, try and go straight back by them because then it just throws throws them off. They're like, oh, this guy's not going to be as easy to pass as I thought. And yeah, and that's exactly what happened. I mean, he went straight yeah. back by him, and then Roxanne never challenged him again, and 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 Barsha got the podium. So yeah. There you go. Good stuff. So, it's, uh, yeah. is he like going seventeen now? <laughs> wow, dude. Eli starts. That was the one thing he was missing was his starts, and this year he's been uh, perfecting them. I saw him uh, yeah. in Anaheim, and I, you know, they do it. They do a practice start off the gate, so it's almost like a race start when they do the practice sessions. Uh, and he'd done the practice start, and he got the whole shot in that. And I was like, "What?" Like, I don't think I don't even think I've seen him get a whole shot in a practice start yet. And then he got that, and I was like, "Wow, okay." And then he'd done really good start on his heat race. He did a really good start in the main event, and then the same thing this week. So it looks like the one thing that he was lacking was the starts. And I don't know if it's the new bike, if it's that new Yamaha, or if he just figured it out. But uh, whatever he's doing, now he's got the starts and he's going to be tough to beat because of that. And he's also comfortable, you know, being up front, getting the whole shot, being out front right away. So that's, uh, it was pretty impressive for me to see him getting such good starts like that. Yeah, the, his starts are just on point at the moment. He, that new Yam, that new Yamaha looks, looks like a, like a, almost like a small 450 underneath him like it makes him look like he's just manhandling it everywhere and he just looks so confident riding it 
like lighter, isn't it? Yeah, it, it just, yeah. He just looks so comfortable and confident on it. It's it's really gonna. I think if the track would have broken down a lot more and it was a lot more rutty and you're cutting down in the corners, I think Cooper would have maybe challenged him a bit more because that's kind of his mo. But yeah, like yeah, if you aunt had balls, you'd be your uncle. So yeah, it's one of them. I think Cooper. Uh, right. Still Oh, I was going to say about Cooper, you know, I mean, you see him uh, last year, he wasn't really on form to where he was at, you know, when he won the championships and stuff. But I think with Cooper, his like mentality, it seems like whenever somebody challenges him, like he wants to be, he wants, if he's comfortable, then he doesn't push that hard. But if like, he wants to be the top guy, you know, and the fact yeah. that like at the beginning of the Supercrosses, they kind of didn't disrespect him, but he he wasn't getting like any acknowledgement that he was a two-time champion. And I think that no. fired him up. I think that's what he needed. And so now this season, he's looking like he's going to be the one to challenge uh, Eli. Um, and for Cooper, he's really dangerous. Once he gets that one win, if he does, if he gets that first win, he's going to have confidence. And at that point, mm. then he's going to be pretty hard to stop, I think. So that's going to be interesting to see how that plays out. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, like it can only, it'll only take yeah one one win for for Webb and it'll it'll turn it can turn the championship right around. Like obviously Eli's won both races, but Cooper has been he's been second in both, so it's still only a six point gap. Uh, yeah, I mean, even in this championship years, Eli's had those little weirdo those little mm-hmm. weirdo rides where he's had like a sixth or a seventh. And like, yeah, if Webb wins one of them, then he's. Seems to me though, those sort of races don't seem to be on the cards for Termat though. I mean, he's getting the starts like that. He's staying out of trouble on the first lap, and and he's up. He's right up there with with whoever's up there each week. I mean, yeah, Cooper is is reliable. He's he's won his championships through that consistency and that sort of mental toughness. Um, you mm-hmm. know, he, he beat Roxon on mental toughness in, in twenty one. Um, so yeah, I, I don't know if he needs that confidence. Maybe confidence in the bike perhaps and that might well be yeah. different mm-hmm. uh this year to net to last um and of course yeah what what makes me laugh about cooper is that the, the previous year he had on the back was it on the back of his crash helmet they had a great mm. winter off like you know not on the yeah. Baker program and like you know set off <laughs> oh, really? on, the, on the couch it was a great sticker on the back of his uh and yeah, then obviously he's gone he's swallowed his pride and well. back to Alden baker <laughs> which is quite cool yeah oh he I went think... back to <laughs> yes yeah obviously left left baker at the end of 21 yeah come out at Anaheim one with a best off season <laughs> helmet spray paint with him led on the sofa yeah. obviously yeah didn't age well at all um, no, yeah did, obviously did no. like yeah that, like obviously swallowed his pride gone back to Baker's factory and yeah he's Eli's Eli's riding well and he's putting the pressure on everyone else to sort of come up and challenge him and Cooper is sort of answering the bell each round at the moment with two seconds but like if you're a Frandis mm. and Anderson like you're thinking you can win this championship you're not doing it in sixth and seventh place no for no. sure for sure so um, yeah, yeah the other story of the night really for me was was Malcolm Stewart being fastest practice won the heat race uh, and then it just fell apart in the main it's such a shame 
Yeah, that is definitely a, a bit of a shame because, I mean, he is looking super good. I mean, he got last year, he got his podium, right? And then, uh, and now this year, yeah, he had fastest in practice. He's looking good. He's looking confident. And then his speed, you know, he, he sends it and he charges hard. Um, in that heat race, he came up and passed everybody and won. So that was pretty yeah. impressive. Yeah. Just, a, yeah, it just sucks. And then I was thinking for a minute on at A1 that he was going to, he was going to win the main event. Yeah, and then he oh, had yeah. that weird, you know, on that little on-off. I don't, I didn't hear what had happened, but maybe he hit neutral or something. Yeah, and he, he ended yeah. right off of it. And so then this race, he crashed again. That's just a little bit of a bummer. Those seem like kind of little like mistakes that he shouldn't be making. Um, I don't know what the reason is. If it's just the way that the cookie crumbles sometimes, but uh, if he can fix those, it would be good to see him, you know, running up front trying to get on the podium, maybe even go for a win. Think he's going to do a win this year or no, guys? What do you think? Yes or no? Uh, Michael wins one this year. No, I would say no. Say I no? want him to, but I would say yeah, it's, it's, I'd. It's yeah, I mean, I want him to win. It, it, it'd be like good, a good story for the sport, and he's clearly got the speed to do it. I mean, in that heat race, he comes yeah. from like sort of seventh ish, sixth, seventh place. I mean obviously it was a heat race, but he still overtook like Roxon and everyone and looked really comfortable and then yeah in the heat rate in the main event the things just seemed to compound and just went from bad to worse and just yeah, never yeah. seemed to get it, it was that, an Eli get race, that rhythm. It? it was like yeah. one of Eli's off races. Wasn't yeah. It? Yeah. The way that but Eli's on form right now hard to beat for sure yeah very much oh, so. definitely um yeah so further down through it's nice to see ac getting out in front for a, a few laps although he did eventually fade to eighth still think there's a, a chance there that he's going to have a kawasaki ride did you say if it, he's got such a such a good relationship with kawasaki and he's been with them for so long you know pro circuit and kawasaki and everything but just being that he's no, I want him to do good. You know, he seems yeah. like a nice guy. I talk to him sometimes. He actually, I don't know if he still does, but he lives in my neighborhood just right over here, um, here in California. So I, sometimes I'll be driving out of the gate and I'll pass him and I'll say, hey, what's up and stuff. But uh, yeah, you, I mean, you can big him up as much for as you him, like. I think, That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's for him. He just needs to just try to piece together everything and be solid and just work from where he's at and yeah. try to get a full season in. Um, if he can do that, then, you know, who knows where he's going to be? Because, I mean, he has had that speed, top top three speed in the 450 class. Um, so I think he's able to get back to that. It's just hard, you know. I think year after year and multiple years of not racing, multiple injuries, the amount of, like, mental damage I think that that does to you um, is super hard to overcome. And the fact that he's still out there and, and doing pretty good, you know, um, I guess is positive. It's just we're gonna have to see how it how it comes, you know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, with, with this super motocross format, I mean, he could well get through to the end of the year and somehow pull a surprise. You never know, do you? No, I mean, obviously. Yeah, exactly. So what's the? Sorry, yeah, um, oh, Brad, sorry. Obviously, the yeah, the SMX super motocross at the end of the year. He won the Monster Cup when he first moved up to the 450. It kind of seems like the track's mm-hmm. going to be kind of that sort of thing, sort of a bit of a hybrid. But yeah, like you said, he's he's just he's been injured so much over the last few years. It 
not only do you lose a lot of bike time, you lose a lot of race time, and it like like anyone who's ever sort of raced for a period of time knows that your your race fitness is totally different to just like your normal practice fitness. Like I'm sure he's been doing 20 minutes training sessions at the track, like no problem. But then you get in that, yeah. that race intensity, you sort of you ride a bit tight, and then you start cutting corner, mm-hmm. cutting down in the corners, and then you clip a couple of rhythms, and then it it all just sort of gradually gets worse. But um, yeah, I think if he's just putting in solid top tens for the first like <clears throat> seven eight rounds, and then sort of breaks in that top five, he just he just mm-hmm. needs to do seventeen rounds, and he? he needs to, he needs to finish the season. And the yeah. same in the outdoors, he needs to finish all of those 17 indoors and 11 outdoors. Mm-hmm. So what's the deal with that super motocross? Can you guys explain it to me? Because I haven't even looked into it enough. So you have 17 rounds of supercross and then it goes yeah. into super motocross? Uh, 17 rounds of supercross. And then you've got, there's 11 rounds of outdoors now. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. And then I believe it's the top 20 in combined points from supercross and motocross mm-hmm. um and then i think there's sort of like an allowance for um riders say if you uh if eli went out with like a knee injury or something now and ended up not getting enough points he would get in because he's won a race and things like that um and then i believe it's the same for the 250s as well okay so 20 of 250 and 20 of 450 are qualifying for it yeah so obviously if if Jet ends up winning this title and then doing well in the outdoors on the 450, he mm-hmm. well he'd be eligible for both. I'd imagine. Both classes. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. I think you've muted yourself, Ben. When you yeah, talk. Ben can't hear you. <laughs> and then not. <laughs> so I just tried to disguise the coffee, and I must have picked yeah. up some nogi from uh, sucking up to all these riders at the Belfast Arena. <laughs> <laughs> too close um yeah so if uh, yeah if you win a main event uh, then you're basically through but uh yeah with um with jet because he has qualified already but he has said that if he goes 450 mm. um he's gonna stay 450. Yeah. so he won't be competing in the 250 uh final smx okay. three races yeah Oh, wow. um, there is a, a bit of a post that's come up, I think, apparently from uh, from Karen Moxon, which my uh, colleague has. Is this right? I heard. I heard that uh, a one that um, that yeah, basically he like at the pre-race ceremony, he just got the kickstart out. He just just sticks the kickstart out, and then everyone goes crazy when yeah. he starts the bike. Is that right? Is yeah. he doing that? Yeah, I think so. On I don't know if I saw that actually. Oh, okay. Yeah, I think he, he might like, do something with rolled, the kickstarter. He like rolled up onto the like the top of the triple, the face of the triple, and turned it off and got the kickstart out and fired it back That's up. Funny. And then uh, I think um, before this round, he put a post up. He'd like got some like some cleaner out and like polish the kickstart right up and it was all shiny and <laughs> uh-huh. it's, that's it's funny cool that he's taking like, the, uh... yeah he's like really leaned into the the suzuki thing mm-hmm. yeah. well he knows that everybody's probably going to make fun of him and how it's like yeah. that so it's it's kind of like that with everything like you just you just 
go with it basically and you're like all right everybody's gonna make fun of the kickstarter so i'm gonna do it too so that it's actually funny and and i think that's the right thing to do but yeah kickstart kenny he's uh he's bringing back those old bikes he needs to start getting on the podium though I'd love yeah. to see him wear, bring back that shirt. I'd love to see him wear that kit one of these races. <laughs> That'd be funny. <laughs> yeah. That'd be Good stuff. So, uh, yeah, we've got uh, something about five minutes or so left just here just to go through there. Um, again, from the British point of view, we had a bit of a, a poor one from Dean Wilson, sadly. The Honda there is, uh, yeah, down in about 14th place, which is uh, a bit of a shame. Not quite seeing, see how Dean can sort of pick this up through there. Has, has he got much more... For this, or do you think his future lies many now we're in World Supercross? Perhaps, Brad, what do you think? Um, I think uh, we, I think he could he could squeak a top ten, like with the right star on the right track. Um, but yeah, I mean the the people he's, I mean, just look at the top seven, even eight. They're like well, arguably all in their prime, minus Roxon. Uh, Dean's kind of on that on the sort of the way down. So yeah, I think the the World Supercross is sort of right up the street really. Yeah. Yeah, I seen Dean this weekend. I gave him a fist bump, talked to him for a minute. Uh not too much about the racing, you know, just kinda have a little bit of a banter. But yeah, I think, you know, I I was seeing his posts on social media that he was retiring. And so I thought he was retiring for good. I didn't know it was just retiring from the outdoors. Yeah. he's still doing the supercross and stuff and i mean yeah he's still you know he's still got that much experience and he's still really fast and really good it's just yeah the guys that he's racing you know in the 450 classes is is gnarly you know and dean wilson's been through been through a lot and everything um oh, what yeah. what place did he end up in that 450 at san diego do you know ben 14th 14th yeah, yeah. i mean he had yeah to, i think with the right start and the right moto feeling good he can still get into the top 10 um, which I mean, I think that's what his goal is, is trying to yeah. get top tens. Um, but yeah, he's uh towards the end of his career, which everybody knows pretty much. It's, I mean, that and that accident last year was one of the worst. So I can't imagine going through what he had to go through with a big chunk out of his backside. I mean, that I just shudder to see that, you know, it's just like, <laughs> yeah, he's had a lot of, lot of injuries for sure. Mm-hmm. that one was bad and then he had a monster cup one where he he got messed up and stuff and he's done both acls at the same time and everything yeah. so he's been through a lot him and uh him and tommy Searle, you know they're kind of around the same age and everything uh you know getting there a little bit older i think i saw something where tommy somebody said oh are you coming to race supercross then because he did well at the at the british arena cross yeah so. <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, to digress it slightly, yeah, he was he was very good at that. Although it did help uh, the first night, he had whole shots every single race, um, and then yeah. the, uh, the the the, the uh, main event on the second night, he he didn't uh, get the whole shot, and uh, Conrad got a gap. But um, yeah, it was uh, it was interesting. It was it was uh, interesting to see. Certainly, the both of the out well, the two and three main outdoor guys did adapt quite quickly. So that was uh, uh, good to see. But a lot of the arena cross guys said it was a very motocross friendly arena cross uh, oh yeah so we'll see see how it goes in, the, in Aberdeen this weekend but uh, yeah, yeah I've seen so, uh, uh, a Jordan Brooker we were riding a, the, in the hills a little bit in California right. he was building jumps and so I saw him he said he was going over to race it hadn't done too much training for it he said but he was going over and racing yeah, him and uh, him and Josh Gilbert had a fantastic head-to-head race. You know, they do these 
two rider head-to-head uh, qualification races to get through. And uh, yeah, yeah, him and Gilbert had a fantastic like last lap, absolute barnstormer where Gilbert, oh, rode, cool. Gilbert rode through half the whoops with no legs on the pegs, you know, just completely almost, <laughs> almost <laughs> gone. You know? Yeah, yeah. If you see you see on Josh Gilbert's socials, he's got he's going to post it up, and it was uh, yeah, it was a good one. So uh, that's pretty cool. Uh, so uh, yeah, I think we're uh, running through here. So um, any uh, predictions then for A two coming up this weekend? Are we seeing anybody beat Eli or uh, or Jet or uh, what are you thinking? Um, you go there. Yeah, I mean, obviously it's a triple crown this weekend, so if three starts, like that's like three times a like three. What was I going to say? There's more chance that it could all go. It could all go wrong. Um, in the first turn, like, but obviously Jets, he's putting himself in good position. So is Eli. It's. Yeah, I don't know. Obviously, especially for RJ, if he can't get out of the gate, their main events only ten minutes. He's not going to get. He's not going to get a chance to probably get McAdoo, let alone Jet. Um, I think in the the 450s, if someone like, um, well, someone like Anderson or Barsha can get the whole shot, I think they. I think you could see one of them getting a getting a win, sort of holding on for like the the 12 minutes. Um, but I mean, yeah, they're both just getting such good starts. It's hard to bet against them, really. Yeah, I think if we see, you know, Jet get three whole shots and three wins, and we see Tomac get three whole shots and three wins, we might as well just stop watching Supercross from there. Yeah, who's going to win? You know, the championship. But I think that that definitely, like you said, there's three races, three more, you know, chances for other riders too. It's going to be pretty hard for both Tomac and Jet to get out completely clean. They've been doing good starts and stuff, but I think we'll see another winner in one of the classes for sure, if not both of them. Cool, cool. Excellent. Well, uh, a quick little quiz for you guys here. I'm not sure if you're uh, even old enough to to remember or know these uh, these races here, but 30 years ago today, two riders okay. won their first Supercrosses in their class. One might be fairly easy, 250 Supercross winner. The one two five winner as well was a first time winner. Anyone ever guess? Thirty years ago, that was that twenty. That'd have been ninety three. Yeah. Uh, so Jeremy McGrath. Yeah, McGrath in the McGrath in two fifty. Yeah, well done. Yeah. Ninety three. Jeff Emig in one twenty five, maybe. No, Emig was in two fifty by then. Someone like Tim Ferry. Well, you got the right brand. It was a Suzuki. Uh, uh, yeah. Damon Hoffman? Yeah. Hey, well done, Bradley. Well done. Well done. <laughs> Who was that? Damon, Damon Hoffman. Hoffman. Oh, okay. Yeah, 16, I wouldn't have guessed that one. 16 years old. <laughs> Wow. So, yeah, if you want to see details Crazy. on that, anybody watching MX Vice, uh, the Facebook page there, there was a thir- uh, 30 years ago feature today. Uh, so that is on there if you want to uh, have a read about that race. And, yeah, the race itself is online. So, um, yeah, it's uh, interesting to watch back and see all those guys. But, uh, yeah, we're doing that on a regular thing on MX Vice. So, um, yeah, well, thank you guys for, for joining us. Darren, thank you for coming across uh, all the way from California. Yeah. Yeah, no worries. I just want to give a shout out to uh, Active. I'm running the new Active gear uh, in the USA now, so you guys should check that out. It's pretty pretty sweet stuff, good uh, good quality. And then I'm still with Alpine Stars, MX Locker, just riding, having a good time here in, in USA, so go check them out as well. 
Fantastic. And uh, Bradley will be doing the uh, British podcast. Hopefully this week we'll get a, a guest with a decent Wi-Fi. <laughs> yeah, yeah, hopefully. Yeah, it was not, not the best last week. So, uh, yeah, hopefully next this week on Wednesday we'll um, we'll have crisp, clear audio. Hopefully my mic will be a bit... <laughs> Not sure what's gone on, but uh, sorted. Yeah, sure. We're, we're doing what we can. So, yeah, we'll get things sorted out there. So, yeah, thank you everybody for joining us here on the SMX Review MX Vice podcast. And, uh, yeah, this is uh, fueled by Golf Race Fuels and brought to you by AS3 Performance, the home of aftermarket motocross and endurance parts from hardware and protection parts, including skid plates and radiator braces to performance cooling parts, including silicon radiator hoses and oversized impeller kits. AS3 also have a huge range of brake, clutch, and gear levers, all with different features and adjustability. Check them out online at www.as3performance.co.uk. Uh, and of course, uh, yeah, please visit evenstrokes.com to get your motocross kit uh, from anywhere in the UK and uh, help to support MX Vice directly. So, yeah, um, thank you, Darren. Speaking, thank you, Brad. Speaking, sorry, speaking of even strokes, if you do want a discount code, Brad Wheeler 10, that will get you 10% off. So, uh, yeah. Even strokes. Did, did James not want to stretch to 15? No, I could only get 10 out of it. <laughs> Good stuff. Okay, then, guys. I think yeah, we'll uh, nice leave you with that. Thank you very much. Cheers. And, uh, yeah. All right. Speak to you again. Cheers. Ta-da. See you.